up here and we'll get going once it starts up. Welcome to Bon Jovi Discussions. We are back after the holidays. I had some people uh, asking about, you know, when I was going to do the next episode. And, you know, during the holidays, you know, I, I kind of take a few weeks off because it's just so chaotic here. But we're back with a new episode. And today I have my buddy PJ, who is in Florida right now. And we are going to talk about this bad boy right oh, here, Crossroads. This was their digital, see, <laughs> vinyl, digital, and then we got media. I would tell you, I have probably at least four of these albums, yeah. but they're all in like my Camaro and stuff from when I was like 16. Still have it, still in my CD binder, but it's <laughs> all the way in Maryland. And I was like, ah, this is way better. Well, before we dig into the album here, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Good, 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 yeah. good. All right, so I guess we'll we'll dig into this a little bit. Let's do some overview first. So this was the band's first compilation, you know, after their you know ten year anniversary. Mm -hmm. It was released on October 11th, 1994, and it had pretty much. 11 tracks on it in the international editions they had 12 but then had three new ones as well mm -hmm. um, and then a lot of so let's, let's dig into the photography or how about how about we discuss how we got into this album i, I know gonna, this album i know you got for you so i'll let you go first man okay okay let's start with me talk about tickled my earliest memory of this album um would be when i was in i want to say the second grade maybe first i'm young and we had me at my birthday party on man i, I like to know <laughs> birthday's on october 15th and we had a birthday party and my mom and my aunt would play this album on repeat for my and we were all bobbing for apples and you got keep the faith and everything playing in the background nonstop in this VHS tape. And when I think of this album, I think of this is probably where it all started. Because I mean, man, you just had think about it. When you when you finally listen to rock music and when you get to that age, you mm -hmm. just put TV in and you're good. <laughs> yeah. You're good for a long time. And so did yeah. you hear about Bondre before that that oh uh, yeah. I, I grew up, you know, obviously listening to them, but if you're asking for overall a memory, A, of this album, and B, maybe my Bon Jovi fandom itself, where I could put my first maybe song that I've listened to of Bon Jovi and tie it to something, and it goes, yeah, and it's still great. I still listen to it to this day. It's a, it's a great uh, compilation, and you were saying before we started our recording here, this is one of the biggest selling compilation albums of all time. It, it's, uh, you know, it used to be hard for bands to sell compilation albums. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and Bon Jovi, I mean, I, I don't know the numbers because I don't pay attention to those kind of figures. But I mean, this is one of the best selling compilations of all time. I, th I think it's actually in the top 10, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Of all time crunching some numbers to make sure I was right and I should know them but 21 and a half million is a number that pops in my head for popping up for an album and like yeah. that 
I also read too that I should have some notes, but like they sold X like seven hundred fifty thousand albums a couple years ago, two years ago. It hit like quintuple oh, really? platinums. Yeah, almost every like little award you could get for it. And I'm thinking, like, man, did did the band expect that? for this many years after that like they released the second uh greatest hits yeah. album and yeah it's great there's some great songs on it yeah. but this was it man this was the mm-hmm. this is the, the the big heavy hitters yeah exactly and, and you know they, and they did they put all of their hits on there well um, it's a good thing all their hits have remained hits all these times <laughs> it wouldn't be like they should... so I'll, t- I'll tell you my story about how I yeah this one. I got- so I was eight years old, this tall, just kind of tall. And uh, I discovered Crush. Crush was the very first album that I discovered in 2000. So eight, year old, eight years old, 2000, It's My Life, Crush came out. So I loved that album so much. And so the end of summer came and I played Crush every single day. My, and my parents were like, just find a different album that you, and so my, my dad took me to the store and, uh, he said, so that this is before, obviously you and I both know, this is before digital days. You couldn't oh, get yeah. music online and you had dialing. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you had a choice between cassette oh, man, nice. or CD. So my dad said, cause I told my dad, I want to get all the albums. I just want to get everything and just listen to it. And he goes, no, we'll get you either, you either can get one CD or you can get two cassettes. So I, so, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to get two cassettes. So I got Crossroads and I got uh, Blaze of Glory. Well, just like I did with Crush all summer long, I outplayed the tape and, it, and it, it's, uh, it got eaten up. Yeah. Oh, man. And so those are the last, I, I have all their cassettes as just a, as a collector's item now. But mm-hmm. so I, I, I chose two cassettes over a CD, you know, and back then CDs were a big thing. So to choose a cassette was, was yeah, they were big. but you know, but that's how it kind of got me into knowing what their hits were. Cause all I knew at that point was crush. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I started and then, so what I would do when I, you know, I was still trying to learn all their albums, what was out at, at the time is being eight years old. And so I'd be like, okay, living our prayer wanted bad name. That's on slippery. So I got the slippery album. And then so so I'd go down the list and say, okay, I got this album, Keep the Faith. Okay, that's on Keep the Faith. I got that album, you know, and so forth. But uh, you were organized. What's that? You were organized. I I, I had, <laughs> had a mission. <laughs> as an eight-year-old kid, you know, eight-year-old kids, you know, they want a BB gun or they want the next action figure, or being a sport and all this. My goal as an eight-year-old kid was to have every single Bon Jovi album that there was to get. Nice. So, but uh, let's get back into the album a little bit. One of the greatest things I love about this album and is probably my favorite era of the band as far as style and photography. I mean, I just I just love the photography in this album. Oh, yeah, Jerry, uh, the photography album. I don't know if you can tie it in though, but you. I know you've you've been to this the the cover correct you've been well, there. I, that's what I was gonna say was, uh, was a lot of the photography was uh, 
photographed in Wall Township, New Jersey. Uh, Mark Weiss, I believe, did a few of the shots, and then another photographer. I can't think of his name at the moment. But and then a lot of it was at the as what's known famously in the fandom, the roadside diner. And yes, I, I have been there because uh, I've been to Jersey quite a few times because of the band and, uh, you know, seeing them and stuff. And so the last time I was there was 2013 when, mm -hmm. when I see them in, at MetLife. And that's where that's you where you and I first met was MetLife. Yeah. Or it might have been the Circle Tour. I can't remember. But anyway, so, you know, this roadside down, it, it's so tiny. And it was so cool to kind of, because I sat in right where Richie was sitting yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And it looks so big on the cover, but mm -hmm. it's actually so, it's such a small room. Was in the, was in the, What's that? I bet you I bump bet. when you stand up. Oh, you do? Yeah. And they actually had, at the checkout counter, they had a signed band photo from the 80s, like 86. And it was, and it was, uh, dedicated to the diner and stuff and uh, oh that's really cool it was pretty cool but yeah it is so it was kind of cool to see it firsthand you know where it was like you know like i said you know it looks huge on the album cover but it's actually pretty you know because this is where you walk in right here behind this or in front of the seat that's the walk-in area mm -hmm. you could if you turn left there's some more seats or you turn right and there's two tables here and then there's this is a uh uh counter mm, yeah where alex. And, yeah where alec is sitting and then so john is sitting at a bar stool too like right at the entrance at the, mm -hmm. at the counter and right where john was at that's where the uh signed photo was and stuff oh that's really neat here's some uh I, cool, here's some color you i there and i was like you probably got real good stuff with that in the photography here what's that i have never been there personally but i knew that you did so i, yeah. I was that i was like you could tie that in with the with the yeah. album oh yeah it, it was pretty cool um a couple more uh some fun facts about this album before we get into the three new tracks um they when they were first going to release this they were thinking about re-recording runaway because yeah. the band did not record runaway at the beginning and so they wanted to do a band recording of runaway and for some reason it got scrapped and they decided to do a prayer 94, you know, an acoustic version of the mm -hmm. prayer. Which yeah. We'll talk about that here shortly. So I thought that was pretty cool on the international editions. They put never say goodbye on mm -hmm. it, on the conflict, which I think they should have just done on, on every version. Of the beginning. Why don't they all on one album and just have it that. What's that? I know. Oh. I, 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 I it all out like what i don't get i'm gonna so, listen to <laughs> and then another thing when i was a kid and i would play the tape over and over was this the vhs the cross crossroads Ooh, nice yeah That's so awesome. it had like all their music you know what's funny too and this you know i have like an ocd thing you know i'm very organized yeah i remember watching this and listening to this and not all the songs on here were on here you know like miracle i think miracles on here yeah miracles on here dry county living in sin i believe those are not on here you know no. and i i guess those weren't really major hits either but it, it drove me nuts that it wasn't on you know because like i said i was, I was still just discovering the band at that time you know yeah. album. and uh so it got me on on my nerves i would listen to this album 
when I was um, my first like real big job. Well, I guess I've always had one, but like at, at 16, I was doing masonry. And that's when uh, first iPods came out. So like 2006, let's put it around there. And my boss had one and he was all excited that he could put a thousand songs on that ipod was, <laughs> i remember those days yeah and, and he had like the whole like a whole meatloaf album just stuff oh. you know, putting tons of stuff oh. and he, he wanted anything on there and i brought him the crossroads cd and he would play all his music all day elvis everything you name it not bad not what i was into at the time i'd listen to yeah. it now sure but and at the end of the day give me the workload i would listen to at least this album at least twice at the end yeah. of the day every day for and it is a damn, like five years. <laughs> yeah yeah i remember those uh, little ipod things and you know they had those squares and, you know, yeah. and you were considered cool and you know because when those came out you know i well, was white when they first came out they were white with just a plain green oh, they okay they were never always colored yeah, I remember the ones that you couldn't uh, you couldn't tell what song you were on. Like I remember, I had a girlfriend, and I was in seventh oh. grade, and I would steal her iP her iPod uh, for my study hall. And uh, but I remember you couldn't tell what song you were going to next, and there's no screen, so all, yeah. you, all you know is play next. But and so you're like crossing your fingers; it was a good song. That's so it's amazing what technology you know how far technology has, has come now Next, uh one last thing i want to talk about on this overview is the 2005 release of um, crossroad mm -hmm. this included uh the album and it included the never say goodbye on the on the album uh and then it included uh a second disc of b-sides and rarities and then it also included a DVD of um, Live in London, 95, which, Ooh, you know, yeah. I, 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 makes I me wonder why they did that. Why, like a different, you know, Live in London was to support these days, which is an album after Crossroads. Mm -hmm. I thought what I, they should have put on um, Crossroads on DVD, like all the videos. Mm. you know like this the, you know the videos mm. you know i wish they would have done i mean it's still cool that it's on there but like i don't know it, it kind of like like i said my ocd like like yeah this, i like, the, was I like the, just the band being like hey here's something really good that we did and it's just a little present for you yeah yeah i got them yeah yeah and like live in london is cool too don't get me wrong i love it but it was already out on dvd and Crossroads is never on DVD. What you know? is, they should have gave you something they don't that you don't already have. Oh, I know. It's yeah. like when they, they re-released New Jersey in 2014. You know they uh, put New Jersey the videos in access all areas, and I was mm -hmm. happy. You know because yeah. these uh, days I, I swear I go to I go through so many VHS players anymore because they don't you know they're just old and they don't uh, last. But no, aren't aren't VHS tapes supposed to like not work in the near future they don't trust me i haven't played any of my bon jovi vhs tapes in forever yeah. because i'm worried because these are my these i've had these since i was a little kid uh, and, 
I will be heartbroken if I put it in and it eats my tape. Oh, because you can imagine eight-year-old Jerry getting this. Yeah, no, I was yeah. heartbroken and I cried to my dad. And I'll put my stuff away, and it's a shame because I won't use it. But I'll buy something like it, so I can. So. Exactly. You know, I have so many. You know, I, I have like five copies of Crossroads and yeah, yeah. So. Like one's for touching the look, one's to stay sealed, one signed, one's this, one's that. And, mm-hmm. you know, my wife is like, why do you need so many copies? I'm like, you just don't get it. You don't get it. <laughs> well, well, she's right. just keeping you like that, man. They're yeah. <laughs> So obviously we won't go track by track because I've done a lot of these tracks on their perspective albums, like, you know, like Prayer on Slippery and stuff. So we won't do that, but we are going to talk about the three new tracks on this album so we'll start off with someday i'll be saturday night uh it was released as a second single on february 13th 1995 five i believe yeah yeah it was because uh always was october i believe mm-hmm. so yeah and it was written by john ritchie and desmond child there's interviews where john had said he kind of wished he would have left this he would have put this on these days because always was such a monster hit that it would have pretty much supported Crossroads on its own. And he thinks Saturday night, which I think would have been, a, I, I do agree with him. I think it would have been a bigger hit. Not that it wasn't, it was, but I think it would have been bigger if he would have put it on these days. And it, it would have fit very well on these days. Isn't it crazy that we have to, like, I'll try and tell my girlfriend this. I'm like, Bon Jovi's that big. We're trying to not make I'll be Saturday night as if it's not, if it wasn't a big hit, it could have been bigger. Like that, always, and those are huge songs. Like I try to tell people, like, and those are just songs that hey, we're just like, yeah, we'll just put, uh, yeah, I'll put it on there, and just crush it. You don't yeah. see that ever. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Yep. But he yeah. released, them and they're like, yeah, we'll just give you a new song, and that song is just a hit forever. Like it just doesn't happen. Yeah, because shortly after Saturday night, they released their first single for uh, these days, which I think was this ain't a love song or something for the pain, one of those two. So, and then they released these days in June. Uh, so this was pretty close to it. But anyway, I really uh, love this song. I, I think the whole the whole meaning behind this song is just you know trying to find that optimism, you know, despite all the hard times and struggles that you're going through, and that it's you know it's pretty much that light at the end of the tunnel that you, you're going through so much, but you see that light and you're, you're, you're determined to get through whatever you're going through. And, you know, starts off with all the, all the shittiness in a way, you know, just talking about bad people, you know, being abused living in your car, et cetera. And they just yeah. got hope for everything else. And it just builds up love songs. Like apparently everybody else does. And that's the perfect word, but I think if you had to pick one word to define this song, it'd be hope. You know, it's all about hope, you know, and looking forward to the better. You know, I really like the introduction to um, the new characters too, you know, like Jim. Hey, my name is Jim. Where did I go wrong? You know, he, you know, he can't find employment. Uh, he's sleeping in his car. Mm-hmm. And then you get a Billie Jean, who is a prostitute. Her father sexually abused her. And she's pretty much making a living off in the street life yeah. because that's all, that's all she can do and all she knows, you know. 
she'd yeah. rather do that than be at home with her abusive dad and and uh but it, it, it's a really good song it, mm -hmm. it's uh, crazy yeah. you're saying all that stuff and i'm like reading the lyrics in my head <laughs> yeah. yeah my name is jim but you know it's it, it's impossible to not do so. <laughs> yeah and the music video was so good too because it really just fit the theme you know i i uh i think it was filmed in new mexico wasn't it if i'm not mistaken or la one of those two i believe was filmed i want to say new mexico too they're filming a lot down in those yeah. times yeah That's so but, uh, um my what my favorite line is i'm gonna pick up the pieces and what and what's left of my pride what's your uh favorite line of it Jerry, i had this out earlier uh i got the I you got should go like that like i got that. The <laughs> no i'm gonna i'm gonna not put a favorite lyric in there right now because i can't get the chorus out of or what we were just singing out of my head <laughs> that's all right I had it wrote down. Trust me, if John Bon Jovi watches, I know I have a favorite lyric. Promise. <laughs> what, what did you think of the demo that was on the box set, the 2004 box set? The demo? Mm -hmm. Not even gotten around to that part of it. Cross, not on there. The lucky demo? No, the, the, the Sunday Saturday Night demo that's on the box set. Oh, oh, sorry. Threw me off, man. Long day there. How it's just a little different. I know exactly. I have the box set. Yeah. I'm like, what yeah. am I? I'm yeah. like, I, I, I love. Watch this. <laughs> I love the uh, the lyric changes. And I, I also love the beginning, too, how it, you know, starts like, hey, I'm going drinking. Yeah. The pitch of it changes a little bit, too. Yeah. What were you saying? Oh, I was going to say, I'm going to look dumb if people watch this. They're going to be like, he doesn't know the Saturday night demo oh my god it's just a fun chat you're fine yeah i know but i i do i love the demo and that's one of the great things i love about demos versus the final song you, you kind of see where that song grew and what changed and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. now live this is one of those songs maybe maybe it showed a little bit too maybe that's what kind of what they were shooting for before the final piece came out like yeah. is that is that what it was supposed to sound like you know yeah we don't yeah are, well, you know, a lot of the, usually a lot of demos you know or songs that you know that they they write and then they record to kind of get a sound of how everything sounds and if they like how that demo sounds then they keep recording to, until they perfect it mm -hmm. so and then one last thing about this song too is i love it live it's one of those songs i really look forward to uh seeing live especially on the last tour on the this house is not for sale tour you know at the end you know they would do a new outro and then you know uh shanks jbj and phil they'd be waving their guitars back and forth and uh you know and john just has a lot of fun you can tell there's some songs that john will play live and you you kind of just tell that he's just playing it just to get it over with because he doesn't want to perform it which is fine and then when but every time saturday night is on that set list he you can just tell he loves singing it yeah he gets so into it you know like like when they do the the final bridge before the final chorus you know when like um every, the music settles down and it's just him you know he's he's like closing his eyes and he starts to sing um i really i really like that mm -hmm. yeah you know, I, I, with that song. 
Yeah. Especially when it, if it's just like it's quiet and then John will just start strumming his guitar to that song and then he'll just start singing. Everyone starts singing with him and it's just a joy time in the arena. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's go to the next one. And the next one's a huge hit. Uh, always. This was the first this is the first single uh, released on Crossroads for Crossroads uh, on September 20th, 1994, written by JBJ. This was Alex's final single with the band. Too. Uh, so this song was originally, there's a movie called Romeo is Bleeding. Yes. And uh, John was asked to write a movie for it, and which was always, and he had written it, and then he had saw the movie and thought that it didn't really fit the movie. And he didn't like the movie. And so he pulled it and he didn't think the song was that good. So he put it on the shelf. But one of the uh, producers, or um, I have, I think I know his name. Um, John Dover or something like that. I, it's something along the lines of that. He was a producer of some, um, some, someone to do with the record company, John Calderon or whatever. <laughs> convinced John to finish the song and put it on the album, Crossroads. And John didn't, you know, just like Lunar Prayer, John didn't think it was going to be anything. He thought it was just a fluke. And it turned out to be the band's biggest selling single. Yeah, yeah. Ain't that, the, the two biggest Bon Jovi songs out there were songs that John didn't even think were going to be anything. I know. And, it's like, and this is where I wish, like, I, and it's like, I would hate to, I don't want to say I would hate, but like if I ever got to with John Bon Jovi and like I don't know, have a few just be able to ask questions, I'd be afraid to ask him musical questions because obviously he gets asked them all the time. But like, man, how could you sit there and record that beautiful song, lyrics out, have a beautiful guitar solo? You may mean, babies are made to that song, and you'd be like, yeah, like what, what, yeah, no. And it's funny with this song too, you. A lot of people think of this song as a love song, you know, I'll love you forever, always. And, you know, they think it's a romantic ballad, but it's actually not. It's, you know, just like what the movie was about. It's about this stalker who's just obsessed with this woman. And and so it's not really, uh, I, I think, you know, if you don't know that it's not about you, you know, you would think that it is about, you know, because it's very romantic and stuff. But like, once you know that it's about a stalker, you kind of can tell like in the second verse, you know, like when he pulls you near, when he says the words you've been needing to hear, I wish I was, you know, like you, you start to get that. Um, it's almost like, like this. <laughs> it's just like, oh, once you get it, you're just like, oh man, it's about a guy who's just watching a girl all the time, kind of. Yeah. Head over heels in love for her, but you know, yeah, you know, and then in the music video, let's talk about the music video. I was because the music video is kind of like that as well. Yeah, the kinda Jack knows where the, the two hot girls, what were their names, Carla Kino or something? There's Carrie Russell and then Jason Wiles, Jack Noseworthy as well. And uh, you know, so it starts out Jack Noseworthy and I think Carrie Russell, they're in a relationship and make fun of me here but when i was a kid watching my crossroads tape i thought carrie russell the one that was the the brunette in the video i thought she was the blonde girl's mother <laughs> now i know that they're both just roommates and yes yeah. 
pretty much the same age, but for some reason I thought they were mother and daughter. And so when the scene comes up where he's sleeping with the, the blonde girl and then yeah. the brunette runs off, you know. Well, he was your thoughts when you're like, what's happening? Yeah. So I'm sure most of the people that are watching this video are, you know, are, are diehard fans of the band and they, they know what this music video is about. But just in case they don't, I have to give it justice. So the video is about uh, Jack Noseworthy and Carrie Russell. They're in a relationship and they're heading over heels with each other. They're madly in love. And uh, Carrie Russell has a roommate, Carla. Well, Carrie's out one day and Jack uh, cheats on Carrie with Carla. And then Carrie catches them. And then she, so Carrie runs off and she meets this other guy, Jason. And this is where the meaning of the song kind of takes the meaning of the song. Uh, and then Jack finds Carrie sleeping with Jason, and he burns the place down and takes off. And uh, you always wonder, did they did they get killed in the fire? Did they escape the fire? What? You know, <laughs> you know? No, that's a good question. Now that you bring it up, like... <laughs> yeah, you, you you just don't know. Yeah, but I think that she's gone because when in this you know beginning and the end when Jack is you know kicking back in his bed, he sees her. You know, so you don't know if it's a memory or if it's a ghost. He goes up to touch her and she's gone. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's still, I think it's one of the best music videos they've ever done. Yeah. And there's also an alternative video too, just the band, which is pretty much what they're filming. You know, obviously they film the actors, then they film the band. So the alternative video is just the whole footage of the band being recorded. And that was Alex's last music video. Yeah. Before his, uh, departure uh, yeah so for the longest time i thought carla and carrie they were mother and daughter and i was like oh my gosh she's sleeping with the entire family now yeah. I, now i realize they were roommates you know the crazy thing is is man you're probably one of the only kids that happened set up like that that probably thinks <laughs> you're, probably, you're probably one of the only people at that age that thought that like just the way you have me set up you know like, no, I, I'm, probably, I'm probably the only person in the entire world that ever thought they were mother and daughter. So, <laughs> I'll never look at it differently. Yeah, so now you're the mother and daughter. Um, another, so, so we got to talk about this live because obviously this is like every fan, at least in the diehard fan base, it's every fan's dream to see this live. And it's like, you, it, especially nowadays, it, you know John is feeling good with his vocals, and John is on top of his game that night when Are you always was played. Always, Jerry. Yeah, we're talking about always. Woo! Yeah, man. Let me tell you how that pops up. The best always song now that everyone wants to see it was when I was in Central Park and it came out as an encore. Man, the wind was blowing. John came up out of the stage with like an unbuttoned blue shirt. His hair was blowing. It was something out of a movie. Yeah, two thousand. Um, yeah. And then Madison Square Garden nights too, which was Rochester Central Park. They did all this the first night, and I was I went to those shows. Incredible. Yeah, I know but, that's something hard to hit, and I'm sure John probably is like. Oh. Yeah, but you got you know. So like I said, you know, when you do get to see that song live, especially nowadays, you know John's feeling the top of his game. You know it's a good show. Right. So you know, every time I hear that boom, boom, oh boom, yeah, boom, yeah. you know the drums. You know, you get these goosebumps. You're like, like start, start there's no better feeling than that. And oh, uh, you mentioned you mentioned Central Park. 
being your favorite uh, performance. Well, Mine, cool. and this is probably my favorite performance of all time with the band. If I could pick one performance to go back in time to and see, it would be the always performance in London 95. Oh, I, yeah, that's great too. I just think it's so incredible. You know, I love the ad libs that, you know, through the wind, through the snow, through mm -hmm. the driveway, I'd crawl the way home. Just, you know, I, I, I love that so yeah. much. And, and just the, the band's outro and, you know, you could just feel that atmosphere, what people were feeling when they no, saw that. When you watch those videos, no cell phones, no nothing. Nope. Everybody was just. You're the little camcorder. Yeah, like I'm going to the concert coming up here, and and my girlfriend's like, "Am I gonna go?" Like, like I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot going on there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you know, one one other thing I might really note too on this song is this is probably one of the best songs John has ever done vocally. You know, there's a lot of high note, which is hard for him to sing now, but one of his best vocally oh yeah, yeah. It's, when i tell people about uh for instance one of my friends was a big guns and roses fan and i knew a couple people that would swear like like the voice because it was unique and i'd be like you're crazy if you think anybody's a rock star it's john bon jovi yeah yeah put that and the hair i'm looking at his pictures now and i'm trying to think with crossroads like how old would he have been in those pictures? In 94, he would have been 32. Whoo, man. Oh, look at that hair. Man, you're making me look old. Yeah, I'm going to be 30 this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just turned 33, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Um, all right, so let's move on to the last new track. It wasn't, you know, quotation new track is uh, Prayer 94. Uh, so this was kind of inspired um, from what they did in the 80s with that acoustic set. It was John and Richie. I think it was MTV Unplugged. Yeah. And they wanted to recreate that. And so they did. And I really like that. I think, I think that's Tico, obviously. And then, <laughs> and then you know, it, it, it's a really good John and Richie duet. You yeah. Know? I wonder if and Phil could bust that out. What's that? Or him and Phil could play something. Like uh, you were breaking up again. I'm sorry. Oh, him and Phil could play something like this. I know, but uh, this was this was a true great uh, John and Richie one, and uh, I I love playing I love playing this version on guitar. I was just gonna ask you. I was like, <laughs> do you know the intro for the chords and, and like John does in the new shows now? Like, yeah, you probably do. Yeah, it's actually pretty because most of the verses are E minor, and then you know the chorus. And, you know, I know like Living on Prayer, it's D or it's G C D G cat C add nine and then D. Man, like let's see. Pull it out, yeah. I'll just do the I'll just do the Living on Prayer part. Oh, Jerry, we should have ended it in this, and you could have just went black. That's it. You could have yeah. held that. We could have just been like, that's it, click. There you go. Let me, let me pull up the, uh, the chords real quick. 
I'm pretty sure I got that right. I haven't played it well, but it's pretty easy. I'm not going to do the whole thing, but let's see here. So begin with whoa, we're halfway there. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I was saying there's the there's the intro too, where it's like, -na 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 -na. yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have to, I'll get with you after at some point, and you'll know what yeah. I'm talking. About. Yeah, because a lot of you know the it's pretty First, uh, E minor, C D E minor. When John plays "Living on a Prayer" at MetLife when we went in like 2013, at the end of the show, yeah. look how he starts that. You can read the chords as he's doing it. Pretty, mm -hmm. pretty simple. But anyways. <laughs> now, now that i've started to play guitar uh in the last year you know i, I like to watch john playing guitar now you know because i like to see what kind of chords he does and there's so many different ways to play songs you know like uh there's different ways to play uh living on a prayer yeah and yeah. uh so it's you know, like you said that intro when he does it live he does it acoustic first and so it's pretty much similar to how that how yeah. that was mm -hmm. it's a. Um, uh... I liked watching him how like some people move their hands different, how they just switch to different chords. That's kind of what I pay attention to. Granted, I'm good like that guitar at all, but if I'm paying attention to that, which I do, yeah, I'm watching because those are little things that I'm just like, you learn. learn. Yeah, yeah. You know, the rock star, he obviously does it better. Yeah. <laughs> he he can do it with his eyes closed and looking the other way. You know. It, crazy how they can just tune guitar whatever and i uh, <laughs> so but anyway uh to conclude with the album is there anything you want to you want to say about it Ooh, man. overall i'll just give it like uh if, if anybody wants to get an introductory to bon jovi that you know to some people for instance back to like prayer 94 though a lot of people, friends of my old boss, he didn't like that song. He did not like that song. A lot of people want rock and roll, you know, just keep on going. Yeah. And drive muscle cars and blare it out of the speakers. But it's like, I thoroughly enjoy it. Calms it down, takes it to a nice little mellow level. And John puts the notes out there and everything good too. But off of that, with this album though, if anybody wants to. Just one and this is a great CD or something just to give to somebody if they just kind of don't know Bon Jovi. You could be like, here, take it, get back to me, listen to it, get back to me in a month, and like they'll probably keep it in their car for forever and listen to it forever. Yeah, yeah. I have my my one of my original CDs, my 30th anniversary edition Camaro sitting in my backyard. <laughs> You want to know something too, which is kind of interesting to uh, see. On the CD, it says, I'm trying to get that from it, 14 classic grooves. Mm -hmm. On the vinyl, it says the best of. Huh. Mm -hmm. I think that's on the cassette too. Uh, 14 classic grooves on the cassette. So that, that's pretty. Uh, pretty 
a fun fact. Yeah, who pulls it? It was it. Who says that? Like, oh, I'll just put that on there and hope that they'll be all right with it. Yeah. Okay. Either way, you know, it's still, still. Those are little things that I'd be afraid that they'd be like, nah, you have to fix that. I know for, people that, for people that don't know Bon Jovi, though, you know, so when they're seeing this in stores and they're seeing the best of, it's only 10 years worth of here, buddy. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a, 30 more years. It's not even on here. That's just scraping the surface. Exactly. Just uh, getting your hands a little wet. Yeah. That's <laughs> but it's a good starter. Greatest hit single, if you think about it, man, there's so much more Bon Jovi. Exactly. So anyway, uh, stay on because I'm going to talk to you for a few minutes after I end the recording here. But uh, buddy, I want to thank you again for coming on. I knew you really wanted to do this album yeah. with me, so we uh, tackled it. Got it and, done. Uh, one of my one of my favorite compilations. So, all right, buddy. Thanks again. Hey, thank you.